It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, go over there, touchdown! Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now, here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Listen to me, I'm older than I'm white. Yeah, well, you're half right. What is this, amateur hour? This is gonna be huge. I believe this is gonna be our finest hour. Just when I think you said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. Yeah, I'm Got to be smiling today because you got a gorgeous day to go home to and enjoy the evening, maybe get a walk through the neighborhood. And of course, like we said in hour number one, you got to do some grilling. Uh, fire up that grill. It is gorgeous outside. Temps in the mid to upper 50s. The wind has kind of calmed a little bit. It was really blowing this morning. Uh, and this is the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump with Adam Lundy, our Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. It is Ticket Palooza Day today with a Wacky Wednesday. That means basically we're giving away a lot of tickets. And uh, we've got some tickets for the Comets and Kalamazoo Wings coming up on Sunday a couple of four-packs. We've already given away a couple of four-packs to the Comets and Cincinnati Cyclones. We've got tickets for the Mastodons at the Coliseum on Friday night, Northern Kentucky. Uh, these two teams were the two teams picked to win the conference. Now, the Dons are going to fall short, not win during the regular season. But, it, but what it does tell you is these were perceived to be the two most talented teams in the Horizon League before conference play began. And so a lot of talent will be going head-to-head coming up on Friday night at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum as uh, the Dons have their last two home games, Friday night against Northern Kentucky and then Sunday against Wright State. And so we'll give some tickets away for uh, Mastodons basketball. We've got it all on this Wacky Wednesday, Ticket Palooza Day here on the Sports Rush. And, of course, Joining the program coming up in about 15 minutes, Sam King from the Lafayette Journal and Courier. And we'll talk Purdue basketball, the loss to Northwestern. And now uh, Purdue faces a challenge. I mean, the thing is, the Purdue Boilermakers failed in protecting the basketball against the pressure defense, the, the aggressive double team. And it's probably exactly what they're going to see from Maryland. So we'll see if Purdue learned anything, if they can adjust to it, or if it's going to continue to be an Achilles heel for them and other teams are going to begin to follow suit and defend the Boilermakers the same way. But uh, it'll be Purdue-Maryland coming up tomorrow. And because of that game, we will be cutting early with the sports rush. We'll end at 5.30 and turn it over to the Purdue Radio Network for a tip time of 6.30 tomorrow night. We've got high school hockey night in Fort Wayne tonight. Yeah, we have a full night of high school hockey. Not Special a, night. Yeah, so normally what we would do is we would have just our one game at 9 o'clock. But tonight we have the high school coaches show right after us at 6 o'clock. And that'll be Josh Williams talking to some of the high school hockey coaches. Wait, is he doing that show live at the rink or how is that working? 
Did he pre-record? I'm not sure. Okay. Or is he going to take my chopper to get to the game? <laughs> and then after that, after the high school coaches show tonight, we've got two high school hockey games for you tonight. One at 7 o'clock, one at 9 o'clock. I would think by this time we could remove the TBA as far as who's playing who. We, we just don't know, right? No one told us. <laughs> I think that might be the case. Two teams are playing at 7, two teams are playing at 9 You'll have to, maybe it's a tease. You have to tune in to find out who's playing tonight. High school hockey on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. And, uh, of course, a big thanks to the sponsors for our high school hockey, Parkview Sports Medicine, the Fort Wayne Comets. Um, is it the FOP? I, I, I'm not exactly sure, but. I believe it's Parkview Sports Medicine. No, as I said, Parkview oh, Sports yeah, Medicine. Oh, right, right, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah at some, some point, Adam, you should really listen to this show. One of these days, you'll yeah, pay attention. Yeah, one of these days, you'll pay attention to what I'm saying over here instead of just doing your own thing on Twitter. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you've got anything you'd like to add to the show, we would love to hear from you. Our Parkview Sports Medicine text line is 46862. Yeah, shout out to uh, Darren, who is our second winner. Uh, he will be going to the Comets versus the Cyclones this Saturday. Uh, going on us because it's another ticket winner on our Ticket Palooza on our Wacky Wednesday here on the Sports Rush. Um, you know, Notre Dame football could really regret the last three days. I think this is a bigger deal than maybe some people are making it out to be. The fact that Notre Dame football, the giant, the moneymaker, the cash machine, the cash cow that is Notre Dame football with their own television contract that Notre Dame football wouldn't put the money into the football program for Marcus Freeman, who's not the highest paid head coach by any means, but for Marcus Freeman to get an offensive coach of his choice. Here's where I think one of the points is being missed. Marcus Freeman is a defensive coach. Tommy Reese was a holdover from Brian Kelly's staff because Tommy Reese had a pretty firm grasp on the offense, which means last season, Marcus Freeman didn't have to spend a lot of time focused on what's happening with our offense. So Marcus Freeman needs to have somebody as an offensive coordinator that can totally take over that side of the football, run their system, teach it, uh, game plan for it, and not have to take a lot of time away from Marcus Freeman, who naturally is going to be a little more focused on the defensive side because that's where his skill and his background is. And so here's a guy that Marcus Freeman has confidence in, that's done a terrific job, has a great resume, well-respected, has uh, performed well at Utah. Marcus Freeman has him on campus for two days. And it turns out to be a big waste of time because Notre Dame administrators won't pay the buyout. I mean, you can't go cheap and then expect to win national titles. You've got to invest to win. That's the college game. And you had an opportunity to invest in a coach for better or for worse. This is the guy that Marcus Freeman had the confidence in to turn over this offense. And there was nothing there was nothing out there as far as a red flag 
as far as a questionable uh, part of his resume or his background. It was just simply they didn't want to pay the money. And I think it's going to come back to haunt them because I, I, I'm like, Marcus Freeman needs to be able to focus 100% of his, of his efforts on the defensive side. Now, you've got Jared Parker, who right now is on the offensive staff, and he could get a promotion. And I think that's what's being endorsed by the administration because it's cheap. You just give him a little bit of a raise. He becomes the offensive coordinator. It's very similar to the situation with Tommy Reese. And, uh, you know, fine, position filled. But they don't get it. The administrators don't understand how this works. And Marcus Freeman's a defensive coach who needs to be able to turn over the offense to somebody. And you're not going to turn it over to somebody who doesn't have experience in running this offense. You're going to have to supervise them, guide them. And um, I I don't know if Jared Parker has any prior experience in calling plays and running an offense, but I do know that he's not the offense coordinator right now, and it would be a promotion within the staff, and it's not the guy that Marcus Freeman really wanted to hire. And the guy that he wanted to hire, Notre Dame wouldn't approve because they wouldn't pay the buyout. And, I mean, what's the buyout? It can't be $100 million or anything. I mean, Notre Dame has money. They make money. And they're not investing that money into the football product, which is very important in Notre Dame making that money. They've got to continue to be a successful program so they have leverage when it comes time for a TV contract renewal. Or it comes time to negotiate any kind of uh, rights fees. I I just think that uh, the last couple of days could be costly to Notre Dame football. By the way, I wanted to bring this up. And uh, obviously, we had the Super Bowl to talk about Monday. We had a new coach to talk about. So it's been a couple of days. But your thoughts, first-time broadcasters for the Super Bowl, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. I thought for first-timers, I thought they sounded like seasoned veterans. They sounded comfortable, educated, uh, well-prepared. Greg Olson seemed to be right on top of his game, and he continues to be perhaps one of the real rising stars as an NFL analyst. And, of course, everybody keeps talking about what's Fox going to do when you have Tom Brady now, who they've kind of already unofficially ordained as the number one guy uh, as an analyst. How do you replace a guy that's doing this kind of of work? But uh, what did you think? I mean, I I think they did a good job. Yeah, I thought they did a fine job. It was, uh, you know, well called. I, I didn't feel like there were any plays that were undersold or anything that was over dramatic. I, I thought it was a great call. Yeah, I thought the game flowed well. It wasn't like they stood out for either mistakes or overhype. I thought uh, the energy matched the moment. Uh, and, and I know radio, you had Kevin Harlan, and I didn't didn't hear much of the radio call, but I'll just say Kevin Harlan aced it because Kevin Harlan always yeah. is. I mean, it's Kevin Harlan. It's Kevin Harlan. But um, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to take a moment to take a listener inside a broadcast, a radio broadcast, so you can actually critique a broadcast and understand what is it that you're looking for in quality play by play. Now, I'll mention basketball because that's what we're in season for right now. Uh, because, you know, I'll listen to a game. And the last thing I want to have to do is listen to myself repeat words that I already remember saying, but there is something specific I'm after, and I'm going through and kind of going through my checklist uh, to try to try to grade myself so the next broadcast can be better than the one before. 
And that's all you're trying to do is continue to improve upon things that maybe uh, you failed to do in the previous broadcast. But here's how you, you can critique a radio basketball broadcast. Number one, time and score. Are you getting it enough? You know, during an average game, they uh, they say that a uh, a person in the stands will look at the scoreboard at least 200 times. Yeah, I, I believe it. Change of possession every time there's a score, just looking up out of habit. And so if you're listening to a game, you want to keep up, you want to have that, that time and score very regularly. And that's one I've got, I'll be honest, it's one of mine that I've always got to keep reminding myself of. Time and score, time and score, because there always seems to be a story that seems more important. But nothing ultimately is more important in a broadcast than making sure the listeners know what is the score, how much time's left. Number two, identify teams, not just players. Somebody gets a rebound, you can't say Smith pulls it off the the iron. And I'll give you credit for that. You do a very good job of saying grabs the rebound for blank team. You do a good job of that, right? Well, thank you very much. And uh, it's something that I'm focused on, see? And if you don't go through your checklist and you don't analyze broadcast, then sometimes you get into habits where you don't even realize that you're you're either failing at something, not doing something, or doing something that you shouldn't be. But most teams, most listeners do not know the rosters of the teams you're broadcasting. Even people who are fans might not know every name of every player that plays for each team. So uh, always make sure when there's a change of possession or anytime there's a rebound that you're always calling out the team name, not just the player name. Uh, the location and the action. People want to be able to see the game through the words you're speaking. That's important. You can't just say somebody comes down, takes a shot. Because that doesn't paint a picture. You've got to say someone, two dribbles to the right, uh, 15 feet out on the right wing, whatever it is, there's always going to be a location and an action. And are you describing the location and the action? The next step of that is are you are you using new words, terms, and everything in flow? And I'll tell you who's really good at this is Mark Boyle with the Indiana Pacers. He comes up with words I don't even use in my regular everyday language, and he puts them into a, a broadcast. He's fantastic with the use of the English language. Um, but, uh, yeah, you've got to be kind of that landscape artist that that uh, colors it in and completes the painting. Um, and then uh, number four, is there a story? One thing that listeners want to know is why is this game worth listening to? What's the story behind this game? Is it for a conference lead? Is one team playing to remain undefeated? Is uh, an individual going for a certain milestone? Like over the weekend, we had Jared Godfrey that was chasing down John Conchar. Uh, and so you can listen and think, are you getting the story? Do you understand why you're listening and why the game is important? And then number five, and that's for those of us that don't have engineers, it is the audio quality. What's the mix of the crowd versus the play-by-play guy? Do you feel like you've been put into that game as a listener? And so those are the those are the criteria. So if you listen to a play-by-play broadcast, all you got to do, if you want to be the judge of whether the play-by-play guy is nailing it or not, those five things, time and score, 
identify the teams, the location on the court and the action. Uh, what are they doing? Are they passing it, handing it off, flipping it? Um, you know, every every action has some type of a term associated with it. Uh, and so you don't want to just say Smith to Johnson. Johnson goes to Smith. And then number four, is there a story with this game that makes it worth listening to? And number five, how's the audio quality? Are you annoyed <laughs> that uh, you either can't hear the broadcaster or it sounds like the gym is empty, whatever it might be? Uh, and, and so... There you go. Now you can be your own critic of radio broadcast. You can even critique me or uh, anybody else you listen to. Mark Boyle, go ahead. I challenge you. Don Fisher, good luck with that. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. 46862. News from the comments today. Sean Boudria. Am I saying that right? You are. Sean Boudria is heading to the Chicago Wolves. Move. He signs a tryout contract, and so the Comets have him on loan. Uh, I don't know how long he'll be gone, but he will be away as of today because I think the Chicago Wolves actually have a game. Oh, wow. That's uh, Things happen fast in the world of minor league hockey. Filling a roster spot not that far down the road. So the Wolves, uh, who are not the team affiliated with the Comets, but Boudreaux is not on a contract with... Uh, with Edmonton. By the way, you asked what uh, Ludwig's buyout was. It's uh, $2.8 million. That's cheap. Yeah, I have that in my back pocket right now. Yeah, yeah. That's just, <laughs> that's just about a quarter of what I was going to donate uh, for my 60th birthday. There you go. <laughs> and Michael Jordan beat me to it. Yeah. So now i got to come up with something new to do on my 60th birthday. Hey, do you think he's doing that because they're going to be honoring LeBron James at halftime of the All-Star game for his uh, scoring record? No, I I don't think he's. You looking. don't. You don't, I don't think, think he's trying he's to get seek, his name in the saying, news, seeking attention and yeah. trying to take something away. No, I I'm not going to discredit someone who's donating ten million dollars to make a wish. It's hard to discredit that. Uh, I mean, I don't care what the intention is. If it costs you ten million dollars to do it, more power to you and thank you very much. Uh, if that, quite honestly, Adam, if that was his intention, it doesn't matter. Make-A-Wish is still getting $10 million, and there's going to be a lot of kids that will get to, to partake in certain things as part of Make-A-Wish. So um, I, if that motivated him, then I would say congratulations, LeBron. You just motivated someone to make a $10 million donation, but I'm not going to I'm not going to go there. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine Text Line. All right, we got to uh, give away some tickets. Which, uh, we're, which uh, Mastodon's tickets Friday night, Mastodon's take on Northern Kentucky. I got three lower-level tickets. That's right, three lower-level tickets for Friday night's Don's game at the Coliseum. Uh, these can be yours absolutely free. Uh, all you have to do is uh, text, and I'll make this easy, Don's, D-O-N-S. D-O-N-S, Don's. If you'd like to win these now... All you got to do is in the next couple of days, come out to our Maples Road Studios, pick these up. But uh, John Kaufman, men's basketball coach, nice enough to donate these tickets for us. And so three tickets to the Mastodons versus Northern Kentucky. Text the word Dons to 46862. And we'll pick one of the uh, random entries to win those tickets. Uh, it is a ticket palooza, wacky Wednesday here on the Sports Rush. 
Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brad Rump, along with Adam Lundy, and we've got you connected on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. Time to talk some Purdue basketball. Joining us right now on the guest line from the Lafayette Journal and Courier, it is Sam King. And Sam, Boilermakers come off a loss at Northwestern. It's a real upstart Northwestern team. Um, and in some ways, I almost feel like maybe the blueprint is out there. The game plan has been set. Purdue knows exactly what they're going to get from future opponents, starting with Maryland this week, which is a team that already does it. But it's put pressure on the guards, try to force mistakes out of the, the freshmen, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith. Yeah, I think that the, that kind of sums it up. And Maryland had a lot of success in the second half uh, when those two teams played earlier this season at Mackey. And that was kind of, uh, you know, the first time that people were like, oh, man, there's there's some serious issues. If uh, You know, even if you break uh, a full-court press or, you know, the different things that Maryland threw at it, uh, the things that uh, Iowa did, you get across the timeline still with 26, 27 seconds left. And that severely shrinks your your offensive time of possession and uh, the way that Purdue runs, it likes to, to run some sets, and it, it speeds you up. And uh, when your offenses a lot of times dump the ball down low and let Edie either make a move or kick it back out and then try to hit a player curling around or whatever it might be, um, you know, we've seen some shot clock violations recently, 10-second um, violations even trying to get the ball across midcourt. Uh, those are things that you definitely have to shore up and I think that, uh, you know, especially if officials are going to allow teams to play physical, um, Purdue's uh, going to have to figure that out. What is your takeaway from that Northwestern game when it comes to officiating and the foul calls? Because to me, it looked like Northwestern, super aggressive on Zach Eadie. I thought a number of times when Eadie tried to pass or even make moves out of the low block, that there was a lot of contact, and Purdue has to rely on those calls being made, don't they? Yeah, and that's something that Matt Painter's harped on um, for several weeks, even months now, and um, maybe it's falling on deaf ears, um, and he's said numerous times, you can't call all of them. We want them to call all of them, but uh, Zach Eady gets fouled every single time he touches the ball, and um, maybe not quite like he did on Sunday, but, um, you know, there's only a, a number of those that are going to get called. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think after the game, we, we asked Zach Eady, um, did they do something different? And he just said, they did some things that I shouldn't say to the media and kind of left it at that. And then um, it was, you know, the next question that followed up was, was it anything different than you've seen? And he just said, yes. Um, I'm guessing that, that means there were some, uh, you know, things that he probably thought were dirty. Uh, he had, uh, some cuts, some bruises on his arm. Um, so it did get pretty physical in there. But also Northwestern had um, a good game plan when they doubled him. It was uh, The double came a little bit quicker than we've typically seen from teams playing Purdue. And uh, it kind of caused Edie to be a little indecisive at times or uh, turn the ball over. And as people recall, when Purdue played St. Peter's last year, I thought it was a matchup nightmare for St. Peter's because of Edie's size and, and at the time Travion Williams' size. Um, but they just had quick, smaller players that were able to get in there and double uh, a lot faster than, than some of the teams that Purdue had played, and that caused a lot of problems. So uh, maybe there is something to be said about that. Uh, I'm sure now seeing that Northwestern held Purdue to, to what, 58 points, 
this will not be the last time that uh, they see this kind of double, this kind of uh, physical play. And I assure you that uh, some other teams that maybe don't press are trying to scheme up some kind of press maybe to, to throw at Purdue. Here's a question for you. When you when you talk about the pressure and the turnovers that uh, result from the pressure, because um, I, I, I look at it and I'm like, you know, Purdue could make up for it if they hit shots, and they struggled to hit shots against Northwestern. Sometimes, you know, you, you limit your possessions, you give the ball up a few times, but if you're hitting shots, sometimes you can counter it. Purdue didn't hit shots, so I guess when it comes down to it, uh, What's more concerning, Purdue's inconsistency in hitting shots or their inconsistency with taking care of the basketball? Well, I think they, uh, in some ways, go hand-in-hand. Hand. And early on in that Northwestern game, uh, Mason Gillis came off the bench, and, and he was hot. He hit three straight threes, I believe, and then he didn't see an open look. Every time he touched the ball after that, he had a defender in his face. Uh, when, when Purdue played Penn State at Mackey Arena, they just left Gillis alone quite a bit, and obviously he hit nine threes. So um, I think when you come out and hit a couple, and now that the you know the scouting report on Mason Gillis is that guy can't be left open, um, teams are going to get in his face. Uh, Fletcher Lawyers had some games where he shot the ball well. He's had some games where he hasn't shot the ball very well, and he has to be a guy that you know shoots probably forty or above uh, percent from three point range for for this whole thing to work. And um, it's got to be consistent, and he'll get there. Uh, some of the turnovers that Braden Smith made, I think, you know, sometimes I think Braden Smith is throwing to a spot and expecting a guy to be there. And uh, there was a crucial one at the end of the game where he, he jumped up in the, the paint, turned around and threw it to the wing, and, and nobody was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like, I, don't, I think it was maybe Ethan Morton, like, hey, you were supposed to be there. Why did you cut to the basket? And same thing when Zach Eady threw the ball out of bounds. I think he was throwing to a spot and, you know, expecting a guy to be there because of the, you know, the way that Purdue kind of replaces the spot where the player came from uh, with the ball. And there just wasn't somebody there. So um, those are maybe communication errors a little bit. But, yeah, the, there also was some uh, just playing getting stripped. And the bad thing about uh, throwing the ball away especially when the team kind of steals it or jumps in a passing lane and grabs it, is it's, it's an automatic two points going the other way. So that could be a, a four- or five-point swing every time that happens. Here's an interesting thought as we talked to Sam King from the Lafayette Journal and Courier. Uh, we've talked about freshman walls before, that a lot of times they hit a wall maybe 24, 25 games into the season because they just haven't played this many minutes, this many games in, uh, in their prior career. And uh, the other question is about Zach Eady. I just wonder, some of these mistakes, could they be tired mistakes? Could Purdue be a mentally and physically tired basketball team? Because I almost feel like Zach Eady doesn't look quite as fresh as he did a month ago. Well, uh, I'll tell you, Zach Eady is probably, for a seven-foot-four guy, about as well-conditioned as as you could hope for. Um, He is an absolute horse. Um, but it, it does wear on you when you're getting, you know, kneed, kicked, punched, pulled, pushed for <laughs> 30 plus minutes a night, um, especially over the course of a game. Um, it does wear on you. Um, what he needed and what Purdue needed was somebody else in the second half to do anything, and nobody did. I think Edie had 14 points in the second half, and the only field goal that was not by Zach Edie was uh, kind of a surprise. Ethan Morton took a defender off the dribble, spun in the lane, turned around, and 
hit a fadeaway jumper, which uh, <clears throat> is not something we've seen a whole lot from him. So um, when he hit that, I thought, okay, Purdue's going to be all right. And just nobody else hit a shot. Um, going back to the, the freshman wall, um, you know, in a high school season, you play 20, 21 regular season games, and then you go into the postseason. Well, you know, it, in high school, their, their seasons would be over by now at, you know, 26, 27 games. So um, it is something maybe you're not accustomed to, and it's, it's definitely different because when you're playing high school basketball and you're a, a player like Fletcher Lawyer or Braden Smith, you're the best player pretty much every single game uh, on the floor. And there are some teams that you play where you can play poorly and still win. Um, the Big Ten is not that way. If you play poorly, you will get beat. Uh, we just saw that at Northwestern. Um, and even though Northwestern is second in the Big Ten right now, I don't think that's a game that, that many people thought Purdue would lose. So, uh, you know, players are going to have bad games, freshman, junior, senior, whatever it might be. Um, but, you know, it does seem like there's been uh, kind of a stretch here where Purdue's had some bad games pile up. Um, but the game before this against Iowa, Braden Smith was lights out, and everybody thought, okay, this guy is uh, he's a savior, and he's going to lead us on a deep tournament run. So that's how quickly things can change uh, from day to day. When I look at Maryland, I think of Indiana, which is a team that at the time Purdue played them was playing much better at home than they were on the road. Maryland has certainly been that case in point this year. They've been a really good home team, and they gave Purdue a pretty good scare at Mackey Arena. What are the keys to the game against Maryland? Well, you, you've got to get off to a great start, which is what Purdue did against Maryland last time. And then that, I think it was maybe 16-something like that, point lead in the first half. It went away towards the end of that game. But uh, you've got to also put two halves together, and that's something that Brandon Newman mentioned after the Northwestern game. Is It's been a while since Purdue played two halves in a game. Uh, it's been a lot of like going up by 15, 20 points on your opponent and then watching that lead evaporate in the second half, or, you know, uh, in some cases, Ohio State, Rutgers, uh, playing poorly in the first half and then making up for it, uh, Indiana, another one, in the second half. Uh, if, if Purdue plays two good halves of basketball, uh, I don't know if any team in the conference uh, can really uh, keep pace with Purdue, but uh, you got to do it. And uh, until Purdue does that and does it, you know, numerous games in a row, uh, people are just going to say, hey, you know, they got a good first half, but we can get to them. And uh, we've seen some teams get to them here. And Maryland, I mean, this is a game that uh, is scary if you're a Purdue fan. When you look at the Big Ten standings and how close uh, a couple of those teams have closed uh, within Purdue now, where it just seemed a week ago like it was a foregone conclusion that Purdue was uh, the Big Ten champion and everybody else was battling for second. So you got to come out. you got to win this game at Maryland now, I think, because you lost the Northwestern game. Um to kind of keep that gap uh, in the conference standings. It'll be interesting. We'll be following it on Thursday night, uh, the Boilermakers at Maryland. And, Sam, you're always great when you join us. Appreciate it so much. And we'll look forward to your coverage through the Lafayette Journal and Courier. Thank you very much. Always appreciate being on. That is Sam King joining us on our guest line. And uh, we'll take a time out. We're going to come back. Plenty more on this show coming up on Sports Rush. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Ticket Palooza. Wacky Wednesday. Yeah, we've got your tickets. We are giving them away. And if we do send you a message after you've entered and been pre-selected as our random winner 
you need to get a hold of us very quickly. Please respond. Please respond quickly. In fact, it's uh, unfortunately the first person that uh, we replied to on the Mastodon's tickets, I guess, is uh, he's out. Am I, am I picking a new winner? Because I, I asked. Pick a new winner. All yeah. right. Yeah. All I right. mean, we, we can't sit here and wait around. we got a show to do. Uh, but we also have some more comments tickets. How about that? Because it is Ticket Palooza Day. So if you want to win uh, tickets to go see the Comets and the Kalamazoo Wings on uh, Sunday, this is a 5 o'clock start out of the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum. Comets game against Kalamazoo on Sunday at 5 o'clock. All you've got to do is text the word Wings, W-I-N-G-S, Wings, and uh, we'll randomly select a winner. We will send you a text. You have to reply, and remember, you've got to pick the tickets up in the next two days during our business hours out here at Maples Road. The keyword to text us is Wings to 46862. Indiana Northwestern tonight, big game for second place in the Big Ten. Indiana I think uh, it all comes down to three-point shooting. We got our Don's winner. Okay. Congratulations to Brad. Brad, uh, enjoy the game. It should be a big one between the two teams that were preseason picks to tie for the conference championship. That means that uh, you'll see a lot of talent on display, including for the Mastodons, their all-time program leading scorer. Uh, career points, Jared Godfrey. He set that mark in the last game against Robert Morris. And the Mastodons, Northern Kentucky, is Friday night at the Coliseum and will be on the air, on the stream, I guess I should say, on Friday because we've got uh, high school basketball. Big one in the Summit Athletic Conference between the Concordia Cadets and the Wayne Generals. Post game will be at the Waynedale Pizza Hut with all your scores and your SAC Conference wrap-up. We'll know, I guess, uh, well, we'll have a pretty good idea. I don't know if we'll know definitively who the SAC champion is because of the game that was uh, postponed. I don't think they've, I don't know if they've rescheduled that. But uh, but we will have our postgame show live at the Waynedale Pizza Hut after the Concordia Cadets and the Wayne Generals. Our game of the week presented by Indiana Physical Therapy right here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. So uh, Saturday... We head to Huntington, Michael McIntyre on the trip to bring you all the play-by-play action of Snyder Girls Basketball as they'll take on Fishers in the morning game. That'll be game number one of the day at Huntington North. And uh, we'll have the broadcast for you right after talking sports. 10 o'clock tip. And then if Snyder is victorious against Fishers, they'll advance to the Saturday night championship game of the semi-state and that game also will be broadcast on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Got a big night of hockey tonight. It is uh, the Memorial Cup and the semifinals tonight at 7 and 9. The championship is going to come up on Saturday at 3 o'clock. We'll be there for your coverage of high school hockey. And, uh, in fact, it's such a big night tonight that Josh Williams is going to be in for Justin Kenny as the host of the Coaches Show, and it will be broadcast live from the uh, Sport One Ice House. And uh, he'll be on the air at 6 o'clock, up until 7 o'clock with our Coaches Show. And following the Coaches Show, then we have hockey with Game 1 starting at 7, Game 2 at 9, and the opponents 
will be a mystery. We'll wait and tell you who they are coming up after six because, well, we don't have it on our sheet here in the studio. Uh, you keep taking down winners. Do we get any more? We're we got are we got our winners for the Purdue Fort Wayne. I'm gonna pick a winner for the Kalamazoo Wings game now. Okay, and uh, don't forget to text Wings to four six eight six two. In fact, here's the bonus: we're gonna take two winners, two winners that text the word Wings to four six eight six two. So uh, if you can go to the game on Sunday and you can pick up the tickets here at the Maples Road Studios on the south side of town during regular business hours over the next two days, text the word WINGS to 46862. And among all our entries, we will randomly select two winners because we've got two packs of tickets. Um, and uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. There's four in that pack. I assume there's four in both these packs. Yep. Um, yep. We've got four tickets here. So uh, two four-packs of tickets to go see the Comets and the Kalamazoo Wings. Comets have won eight of their last nine. But uh, the news from the Comets today, Sean Boudria is uh, on loan. He is uh, heading to Chicago. He's been a really good player for the Comets, too, this year. Very important player. Uh, but he is going to Chicago Wolves on an AHL tryout contract. And hopefully... He will return. That's our perspective. I'm sure for him, he's hoping to secure a long-term contract. But um, but he is out. By the way, uh, we were talking about this during the break. And I'm probably speaking to only our audience members over 50 at this point because Raquel Welch has passed away at the age of 82. Uh, Raquel Welch was, uh, well, she probably had a key role not in a big-time movie, but a key role in a lot of young boys' dreams. Let's put it that way. Uh, she was quite the Hollywood hottie back in the 70s. And uh, she became um, kind of a sex symbol for the 70s. And now uh, she has passed away at 82, it was announced earlier today. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. We are looking for the word wings. We got to give some tickets away. We'll come back. It is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Big night tonight here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. It is hockey night. And we've got your high school hockey covered because the Memorial Cup begins, or at least it moves to the semifinals tonight. I don't know if that's the beginning or if that's just uh, after qualifications. But the semifinals tonight, we've got two hockey games, one at 7, one at 9. And uh, at 6 o'clock, coming up in about five minutes, we're going to turn it over to Josh Williams, who has the High School Coaches Show Hockey Edition. to Talk to some of the coaches and get you all set for a hockey night here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Of course, hockey on uh, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM presented by Parkview Sports Medicine. We got winners. We got tickets. We got winners. Who we got? Yeah, congratulations to James M. and uh, Kendra S. who won the tickets to the Sunday Comets game. And uh, so congratulations. You know what? We didn't get through all our tickets. I don't know if it'll be a ticket palooza tomorrow, but we got tickets. And, of course, tomorrow... We've also got Purdue basketball, so a shortened edition of the Sports Rush tomorrow will be on from 4 to 5.30. Don't forget, Caleb and Kenny in the morning, tomorrow morning from 7 to 9. 
followed by Dan Patrick, 9 to noon, Colin Cowherd, noon to 3, and, of course, the Sports Rush tomorrow, 4 to 5.30. Indiana Northwestern tonight on our sister station, Big 92.3. Thanks to our guest, Reggie Tharp, coach of the Snyder Lady Panthers, James Boyd, and Sam King. This has been the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.